Our next speaker um, is sitting in the corner over there. Her name is Kobe. She's a researcher, science communicator, technophile, and human rights activist. She's taking a break from her PhD in science communication to work in Geneva on a project with a lot of acronyms, so wait for it. She's based in CERN, focused on the UNITAR UNISAT project, geotagx.org, um, as part of Citizen Cyber Lab. So please make her welcome. Thank you. I wasn't sure where you were going there with the pumpkin thing. I was like, well, I do have orange on my T-shirt. Yeah, I'm back in Melbourne for a couple of weeks. I was doing a show in Melbourne Fringe. And there are more people here tonight than in my entire Melbourne Fringe show season. So this is exciting and it makes coming back more worthwhile. Thanks for coming out, guys. I'm also uh, emceeing the privacy workshop on Friday, if anyone cares about privacy and human rights. But just a little random plug there. But today... I'm talking about Rachel Carson. Rachel Carson has been described by the UK's Telegraph newspaper as environmentalism's answer to Pol Pot. She's also been described as a mass murderer who killed more people than Stalin. An author in the publication American Thinker likened her book Silent Spring to Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf. Now, Pol Pot was a dictator who killed nearly 20% of the Cambodian population, while Stalin was blamed for the deaths of more than 40 million people. And Hitler, like, yeah, Hitler, that's enough. So why is a marine biologist from Pennsylvania put in the same category as murderous political despots? So Rachel Carson's book, Silent Spring, was published in 1962 and it spent 30 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. It was debated in the American Senate and among science advisors and it was credited by some with the creation of the US Environmental Protection Agency. What she did was documented the impact of synthetic pesticides, particularly DDT, on the environment, on birds' eggshells, and on different species besides the insects that it was supposed to target. Since George named some names of things that get named after people, I thought I'd mention that she has several research institutions now still today named after her in the United States. She has eight schools named after her and a bridge in the US, and she still has that, right? Nonetheless, despite that, there was a, a commentary piece in Nature in 2012, just two years ago, by 11 men who said that her research was responsible for the unnecessary deaths of 60 to 80 million people. Now, these authors dismiss the impact of the pesticide on birds and other animals because it doesn't have the same effect on people at the doses that we eat. Now, the point of DDT is to kill insects, such as mosquitoes, which kill people by giving them malaria. And that's where these deaths come from. Now, they criticised Rachel Carson's work for drawing too strong a link between the pesticide DDT and the deaths of animals. They did this while themselves implicating her in the deaths of more than 60 million people via a disease, malaria, caused by mosquito bites. But, you know, nature, that's a good journal, so 
must be legit, right? No problems with peer review, no problems at all. So, so is Rachel Carson a hero or a villain? Now, the website rachelwaswrong.org, <laughs> they, they portray her as a villain. It's a website that uses images of babies in Africa to demonise a woman scientist who sparked debate about American values. Now, what do you think the values of the people who created that website were? It's still up today. Does anyone want to take a guess? Pesticide makers? But let's get more general than that. Money. Money! Oh, well, OK. So it turns out that the, the people that run the RachelWasWrong.org website are the Competitive Enterprises Institute. Now, they're a free market public policy group in Washington. And they value, as they say, liberty and free markets. So they value, for example, the freedom of chemical companies to sell their wares free from environmental regulation. The Competitive Enterprise Institute on their website says that they make the uncompromising case for economic freedom. Now, their values are pretty clear. So if you value unfettered economic freedom, then of course people investigating the environmental risks of products that are on the market are going to be seen as villainous. I mean, how dare anyone say that free market economics is a flawed idea, let alone find any evidence to support that idea? That's just, that's just evil, right? Surely. Now, someone from the Ayn Rand Institute, <laughs> they wrote a headland, headline called Rachel Carson's Genocide. Yeah, genocide, as if Hitler wasn't bad enough, right? That article said that her environmental ideology values, and I quote, an untouched environment above human life. Which is rubbish because Rachel Carson was a scientist, all right? She, she touched nature, okay? not untouched. What she didn't do, maybe, was value human life above the environment. Since she was aware, as we are increasingly aware today, that we are part of the environment. We aren't above the environment, unless we're like literally in outer space, and we, we can't just all rocket out of here in some geoengineering solution if we destroy the, destroy the place, even if Edward Teller might like that to be the case. It's just not the reality yet. So what Carson explicitly wrote in her book, kind of countered to some of these claims in the media, was, and I quote, it is not my, my contention that chemical insecticides must never be used. I do contend that we've put poisonous and biologically potent chemicals indiscriminately into the hands of persons largely or wholly ignorant of their potential to do harm. She was saying we shouldn't be ignorant of the, the risks of the technologies that we choose to use. And she was writing about agricultural use on crops and insect resistance, not disease prevention anyway. She wasn't writing about malaria. Now, whether people consider her a villain or a hero, Rachel Carson has been overcredited with impact because it wasn't her writing alone that founded the environmental movement and led to political debate in the US in the 60s. Like Carson did this thing that scientists do in their work. She used references. And she cited other people who'd been researching the impact of pesticides on the environment in the 50s. She referred to some other people's work on the growing military-industrial complex at the time. And as Chris mentioned, the growing risks of nuclear war, which was kind of a big deal in the 50s. 
Carson was not some radical left-wing journalist. That said, I am reading Naomi Klein's new book right now. It's quite a tome, but it's worth looking. Carson was a biologist who worked for the government until Silent Spring was published, when free market libertarians would have you believe that she became a villainous spinster who killed millions of African babies overnight. Okay? Now, it's convenient for people with vested interests in the freedom of pesticide companies to blame a single woman for continued poverty and disease in Africa. And it's kind of audacious because pointing the finger like that distracts us from looking at bigger systemic issues that help poverty and ill health continue their cycles. Systemic issues like corporate unsustainability and unequal access to goods, such as long sleeve shirts or mosquito nets, which also stop people from dying from malaria. Now, people like Hitler and Pol Pot and Stalin were power-hungry assholes who controlled people, okay? I think that's pretty fair to say. But Rachel Carson advocated less control of nature, let alone controlling people, and it's true that there are many people who die from malaria still today. Every day, a lot of people die. But blaming deaths from malaria on a scientist who evidenced environmental damage from pesticides is like blaming cancer researchers for documenting the side effects of cancer drugs. It just doesn't quite add up. And so, I mean, I don't care what Tony Abbott thinks, but environmental scientists are not villains out to destroy the economy. They weren't then, and they aren't now. Thanks.